Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour, 36 p.m. every single day. My name is Jake Schwan. It's joining me, Will Darkey. Will feel like we sound like a broken record when we talk basketball on this show. Uh, another tough one for the Buffs last night. They fall to Utah. The road woes are just insurmountable with this team. They now fall, I believe, to 1-7 and seven on the road. Uh, Tristan De Silva has his worst game since Grambling, putting up only six points, tying that season low he had at Grambling. This is being his worst output in the Pac-12 this season, though. Um, what did you see last night, man? It wasn't good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not good at all. I don't want to like criticize Tristan too harshly. Like, eventually, he was going to fall back down to reality and become human because it yeah. was it was getting a little too ridiculous. Um, to just watch him put up twenty points so efficiently, like night in and night out. So you knew some regression was going to come at some point, but I just. I didn't expect it to come as partially as it did. The drop off last night was just, it was tough to watch. Um, Tad's talked about like when Tristan's playing his best, it's because he's so confident. And I feel like last night you could just see the confidence wasn't there. He wasn't seeing outside shots false. Then he wasn't able to like get in his bag and kind of abuse Utah's defense and then work some stuff inside and, I think, yeah, I don't want to criticize Tristan too harshly because he's been like the rock for this team the past couple right. weeks. But it's, I just, I honestly think it's impossible for this team to win when Tristan De Silva is only going to give you six points. And yeah, it was a tough watch last night. It really was. Um, as you said, it seems like the team kind of goes as far as Tristan goes. I mean, Tristan had a bad night, but the bench comes out. They put up 31 points. KJ had 14. He was kind of struggling a bit too, um, but it really is clear now at this point. This team really goes as far as Tristan's going to take them. They've been throwing Jalen in the lineup uh, with Javon Hadley's injury. Zero points for Jalen Gabadon last night. Um, Lawson, only four points. You only got seven from Neek again. So the starters really kind of let you down. Uh seemed like Utah, I mean, they were just destroying them on the boards too. I think they nearly doubled them up in that department. Um, but it was pretty clear from the start that the Buffs were going to struggle in this one. They just never got in it, though. They were never in this game. No, they really weren't. It uh 
Utah got out to a hot start fast. I think they were four of six from three to start the game, which like I I wasn't too disappointed in the Buffs defense. It, they were they were kind of like hanging in the 30-second possessions for like the majority of the time and they're playing good defense, but then Utah would just get one open look from three and they were they were taking advantage of those open looks and they were not missing them that often. And those just felt like daggers. And yeah, they just they got mm. out to a quick start and it was it was this uphill battle that CU just could not even come back from like so so early on. We've seen this team kind of struggle in multiple departments throughout the year. And I think that's what made last night so weird is that I mean they come out, they only have six turnovers. It's their fewest on a road conference game since uh, the Washington game in January 21. Um, they made, just going back to the last couple games, they've made 29 of their last 31 free throws. Like, they're getting the shots from the charity stripe. It seems like they're doing everything possible. The bench comes out, has 31 points, and yet you still fall 11 points short. Um, it's going to be tough for this team as we head down the road. Let's talk about the Pac-12 a bit, though. Will, you are our college basketball buff. This Stanford team went in and upset Arizona. Tell us about that game, what you saw from there. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really have my eyes on that game. I Because it was um, like kind of evening game, and there was some bigger primetime ones that I was focused on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, number four Arizona's going on the road to Stanford. Like, it should be an easy win, like bottom of the Pac-12 playing top of the pack 12 like and then i checked the score and uh yeah stanford walks out of that with a nine point win against number four arizona so i'm not gonna lie i did not see too much of it but arizona is they are tough to rely on they can they can go out and they can shoot the lights out of the gym and just be incredible but then there are nights that they they falter. And I think that's what you saw last night. They also started out the season just being kind of like a defensive liability. They're really good on offense, but their offense is what won them games. But in the past month or two, they've really picked it up on the defensive end and they've been impressive defensively. But last night was a bit of a concern, giving up almost 90 points to a Stanford team that the buffs, the buffs kind of shut down um, what, like a week ago. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know. The one takeaway that I have from that game, I guess, is it it feels like more of an, an anomaly than like I think like Arizona's still a good team and I don't think you have to press the panic button too quick on them, but I guess my takeaway is that if Stanford can beat Arizona, Washington State beat Arizona like the Pac-12 is still wide open for the taking come conference tournament time so if there's like one one little silver lining that the bus can hold on to it's that they've they've lost with the worst of them and they've hung in that they didn't beat ucla but they hung in with ucla for the majority so they've they've hung in there with the best of them too so i don't know that's another thing i think that makes this season so frustrating for buff nation is i mean you've obviously seen the the highs, the complete potential of this team. You go back to the start of the year and or start of the season. Of course, the games versus Tennessee and Texas A&M stand out, but that UCLA game too, man. I mean, it was until that about 
what was it, eight minutes left, ten minutes left in that game when they just started to fall apart and UCLA goes on that run. I know you said this seems like kind of an anomaly for Arizona. Um, are they still, do you think, your favorite to come out of the Pac-12 and win the tournament here in a few months or in a month? Um, I'd say my favorite to UCLA. I think they're the more well-rounded team. Uh, UCLA's got a freshman guard, Amari Bailey. He's five-star. I think he was a top 10 prospect last year. He was injured out for a couple of weeks for UCLA, but uh, just recently came back and the kid's been lighting it up um, ever since his return. And another outcome from the Pac-12 last night was UCLA, Oregon. UCLA traveled mm-hmm. to Oregon and Oregon was up three at halftime and I went on to DraftKings and I was like, okay, I'm liking these odds. So I took Oregon money line. It was like still plus odds, I believe, for Oregon money line live at halftime when they were up three. No, UCLA came out of halftime and I think they started the second half on like a 31 to 10 run. So they kind of did exactly what they did to the Buffs in the second half, but they did it on the road at Oregon on an Oregon team that's kind of starting to play better basketball. And so mm-hmm. I, I think UCLA is my favorite. They just seem like the strongest, most well-rounded team that hasn't slipped up as often as Arizona has. Arizona's got a couple questionable losses where uh, UCLA consistently seems to be coming out and playing their best basketball like night in and night out. So I'd, I'd say UCLA. Let's zoom out a little bit more. Let's talk a little bracketology. Uh, Arizona, we just talked about their loss that they had last night, but ranked number four in the country. Do you still see them as a number one seed? And also, who who are your number one seeds right now? Yeah, the loss yesterday hurts a lot. I would have had them as a one seed coming into yesterday. Um, but now, I think it, 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 it's a road loss, so I – I don't like to discredit like a road loss too much or bring teams down too much because it's just tough to win on the road. Obviously, you see it with the Buffs who are like, yeah, yeah. one and eight. Um, but I think I'd now drop Arizona to a two seed, maybe even a three seed. I haven't looked into it too much. Yesterday was just a chaotic day of college basketball. A lot I think, happened. I think yeah. like eight or nine ranked teams lost. So there's just a lot of up and down happening right now. But I think if I had to just off the dome, give my four one seeds, Purdue's definitely the top one seed. They're just like the most consistent safe bet right now. I'd honestly probably slot UCLA up into a one seed. Maybe they're at seven, but they definitely are in like the picture now for, they should be able to be talked about as a one seed. But yeah, I definitely do Purdue, maybe UCLA, Alabama's really good. Alabama got a solid win yesterday at Auburn. Um, just a super hostile environment. Iron Bowl for basketball. And yeah. Alabama came out with a huge win at Auburn. They're 12-0 and in SEC play. So they're, they are a really strong team. I really like Alabama. Um, and then third team, Houston. Houston was my preseason pick as the champion. They had a little mm-hmm. slip up a couple weeks ago. They lost to Temple, but outside of that, they've they've been a really strong team, and they're they're kind of just cruising through American athletic play like they should be. And yeah, I'd still keep Houston up at the one seed too. So yeah, I guess 
to recap Purdue, Houston, Alabama, and just, just to show the Pac-12 some love, I'll toss UCLA in there. Love that. Is Houston still your favorite at this point, do you think? I'm going to, I'm going to say yes, because they were my preseason pick. And so I'm going to stick with it, but I'm not going to lie. Coming into the season, I was super low or I wasn't super low, but I was lower than most on Purdue um, because of Zach Eady. I just didn't think he was all that. And I could not have been more wrong. The dude is a literal cheat code. I know that we, we watch the buffs and we focus on the PAC 12, but if you haven't caught a Purdue basketball game yet, you got to watch Zach Eady. The dude's seven, four and yeah, he's just a cheat code out there. Like, Teams don't know how to guard him. They don't know how to scheme for him. It's he is getting whatever he wants right now, and he's he's kind of running away with the um, AP Player of the Year. So, what are some dark horses you can give us? Some teams maybe just on the brink of the one seed, or maybe even further down, who have a real chance to win this whole thing come up in March. Ooh, see, before this week, I would have said Tennessee Mm -hmm. outside of the Colorado win I love Tennessee and they've they've like rated really well in advanced metrics but this week has been brutal for Tennessee they lost on two separate buzzer beater threes lost they lost to Vanderbilt which was just a brutal loss and then yesterday Missouri hit them with a buzzer beater at Tennessee um so Tennessee's really fallen down for me Creighton a lot of people were really high on Creighton coming into the season. They got off to a hot start. They they looked really good at the Maui Invitational in November, but then their star player, Ryan Kalkbrenner, got, he got mono and was out for a couple weeks. They really slipped. People just kind of wrote Creighton off, and he's come back since, and I think they're on an, I want to say, eight-game win streak, and they're kind of, they're starting to get back on track to where everybody thought they were, and they're sort of plowing through Big East play. So I'd say Creighton is a team I really like. They're really hot right now. Um, any team in the Big 12, I know I just said to watch uh, Zach Eady in Purdue basketball, just to, just to watch him. But if you just want, if you're like looking for something to watch, just check to see if there's a Big 12 game on at night because Big 12 basketball is must-watch TV right now. I, they're almost every team is like ranked in the top 50 in the net and Ken Palm. They're just, they're all so good. And if I had to pick like one out of there, I'd probably say Texas. I'd honestly, going back to the one seed, I even maybe put Texas as a one as well. I forgot them, but Texas is just a really cohesive squad with a lot of veterans and a lot of transfers that are like gelling perfectly right now so yeah i'd say texas and creighton they're they're not too too much of dark horses they're still pretty far up there but i'd uh they're some of my favorite teams right now it's impressive to see what texas has done considering that they lost their head coach earlier in this year in this year um i think it's really just credit to that leadership as you said the older guys that have been there and the transfers that have come in that's a tough situation. Uh, let's wrap up with the buffs and go back there before we get out of here today. Games against Arizona State and Arizona uh, this coming week. Arizona State's won three of their last four. 
Um, you know, they beat the Bay Area, Bay Area schools. They go one and one against Oregon State and Oregon beating Oregon State. How are you feeling about this Arizona State team? And do the and are the Buffs do they have a chance to kind of get right on the road and not look how they have been the last few games on the road? Oh, that's a great question, Jake. Um, <laughs> I mean, we saw CU, CU dominated Arizona State for like the first 30 minutes of the game earlier this year, and then they just they, they choked and they, they gave up a bad home loss. Um, but they they played with Arizona State when I honestly think Arizona State was playing much better basketball. Arizona State, they've sort of slipped. I had them. Yeah. I had them pegged as a tournament team a couple weeks ago and they've they've fallen off a bit and I I'd say they're like on the outside trying to look in right now. And so they're definitely a beatable team. I it's just the road woes for the buffs that that just make me real skeptical. But like I was saying, we've seen the buffs be able to compete with basically every team in the conference. It's just a matter of getting over that hump on the road and mm-hmm. Like, if you're down four, just the Buffs being able to push over that four-point deficit and not let a four-point deficit turn into a seven-point deficit, it just, I don't know. I The Buffs can compete with anybody. It's just a matter of getting over that hump on the road, and I'll I'll say they have a chance. Love that. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's been a frustrating season. We'll see exactly who shows up, what shows up for the Buffs this week. Um, I mean, really, I think you got almost everything you could have asked for last night against Utah, except for Tristan not being able to score or just do much of anything. Um, I think he only had a handful of rebounds, too, in the entire game. Just really off. So we'll see if we, if they could put it together this week in Arizona. All right, well, we'll check in next week, talk some more I got hoops. Go I, got one, I got one Go question out. for you. We are about six hours out from Super Bowl kickoff. Yes, who's sir. Your pick, who's your pick? Or just give me a little breakdown. What do you think's going to happen? Oh man, I trust me. I'm rooting so hard against the Chiefs today. I just I struggle to see how they don't win this game. I'm being completely honest. I think that they win this game. Um, both quarterbacks kind of hurt, so I think you're going to see a lot more running the football as opposed to you know airing it out. I think we've seen that a lot with Jalen in the playoffs. I think they've been a lot more conservative with him. They really haven't really had to do much, honestly. I mean, the Eagles have had no. quite the easy path. They've kind of just breezed through the playoffs. So um, I guess I'm just preparing myself for the disappointment with picking Casey. <laughs> That's kind of where my head is. Where are you at? Um, I'm leading with you. I'm rooting so hard for the Eagles. I My fantasy team this year was actually – I had – Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and Eagles defense. So I mm. I fell in love with the Eagles like week one, just mm. because those guys just kept bringing me in points and fantasy this year. So I I love me the Eagles and I hate me the Chiefs. So I'm gonna be rooting Eagles, but <laughs> I do I do agree with you. It, it's gonna be tough. Like it's it's a tough task for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. Just first time at the big dance and going up against Mahomes and Andy Reid who have been there. I know. But I don't know. I'm not counting them out. They've uh, they've impressed me so many times so far this season. So why not why not 60 more minutes of just 
good football. I'm excited for this game, though. I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm excited for Rihanna. Rihanna's going to be a great halftime yes, show. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited for Rihanna as well. I think it's going to be one of the better halftime shows we saw last year. It wasn't bad. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think I might be putting some money on the Chiefs on DraftKings Sportsbook just to kind of prepare myself for the initial disappointment. Could just in smart, case yeah. they do. A little, yeah, like a little emotional hedge. Emotional insurance. It, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll catch up next week, man. Enjoy the game later today. Uh, Sco Buffs, bro. Sco Buffs.